On this episode of Hit Subscribe, we talk to Nihar Kulkarni, Managing Director of Roswell. Nihar has spent nearly a decade honing his craft, watching the rise of Shopify, the founding of Recharge, and into the current state of e-commerce. His latest preneur is the emphasis on retention marketing, a piece of a marketing strategy he is intent that every single merchant should be leveraging. We walk through Nihar's experience and drill into lifetime value is the key metric for subscription brands to focus on. Additionally, he breaks down the various subscription models, including bundling and memberships, two new recharge offerings Roswell has been building with their clients. We also get Nihar's thoughts on headless commerce, Web3, and AI. His unique take on how all three may layer into a successful e-commerce business is not to be missed. Nihar, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it, Chase. Anything for you and Recharge. Love it. Before we get going, give us an intro on yourself and on Roswell. Sure. So I've had the privilege of being at Roswell for the better part of a decade now. It's actually about nine years this past May. I actually came from the music business. I worked in music for about 13 years and saw myself at the intersection of an industry that I don't know if it necessarily knew the future. And I wanted to be in a position that was future-proofed and Came to Roswell in 2014. It was a web development shop at the time, about four developers. It was their first hire. I took what I learned in my career in the music business from an operations, business development, artist development, radio promotion, and marketing acumen, and really applied it to Roswell. It wasn't an easy route at first. I really needed to learn the business. Taught myself basic development, as well as agile strategy and a number of other things that I knew were going to be critical for me to be able to do my role the way I wanted it to at Roswell. Shortly thereafter, we we became a Shopify Plus partner in 2016, one of the originals, became one of the original recharge partners. I remember a story that I say very fondly when Oshin and Rob Barr walked into our office in, I think it was August of 2016, asking us if we wanted to be a partner of recharges. And we're like, sure, what does recharge do? And, you know, lo and behold, you know, we, we fast forward another seven years and Recharge is, you know, the de facto market leader and completely crushing it in the retention marketing industry as, as the platform of choice for, for most all merchants that we work with, if not all. Fast forwarding from 2016 to where we are now, Roswell has grown to be an agency of nearly 40 staff members remotely distributed with headquartered in New York, New York City, that is. We have a creative division focusing on UI, UX design, email design, branding, logos, photography. We like to say the only limitation is your imagination. If you could think it, we could build it. And then round me it out with our growth division, which is focused on retention marketing, which is a lot of what I want to talk about today with you, Chase, along with growth marketing from P Digital as well as SEL. We are the agency of record for nearly 70 merchants. We are a full-service e-commerce agency, and we like to think of ourselves as a one-stop shop for merchants that are looking to really build their business. Hence, that is our motto, Roswell. We are the business of building businesses. Love it. For anyone listening right now, for how well-spoken the ER was right there, that's what we can expect over this next 20, 30 minutes. So I'm excited to hop in. I love hearing you say that you got out of music to get into kind of a future-proofing type of business. It's exactly what our conversation is going to be about. You mentioned retention marketing today all that kind of stuff we're going to hop into. Before we do, though, I want to really set the stage to showcase not only your expertise and your history in the industry, but also kind of that we can trust your opinions and your judgment moving into the future because you've been doing this so long in the first place. So you mentioned earlier, you've kind of spent the better part of the last 10 years building these relationships with key platforms like a Recharge, like a Klaviyo. What are some of those big platforms you've been building and why are those relationships so important? 
That's a great question. I mean, you know, one of the things I learned in the music industry is partnerships are, are really everything. One of the things I learned from one of my mentors there is that just because someone comes by you and says that they can do the same job and do it cheaper doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better. And forging those partnerships over time have understood that loyalty is critical in the partnerships industry, but also understanding that who you're being loyal to is truly embarking upon a roadmap for their own personal improvement. If you're improving your own brand, your own agency, your own business model, but your partners are not, that's when you can fall into trouble. And that's what we monitor on a regular basis. We want to make sure that the partners we're working with are at the same level as us. We're a world-class agency. Recharge, world-class retention platform. Clavio, world-class email and SMS platform. The list goes on. Loyalty line, attentive, okendo, gorgeous, and so on and so forth. And the commitment to perfection and the dedication of their craft to really optimizing the user experience journey and in terms of empowering merchants to be able to do so much on their own and then relying on agencies like Roswell to help them navigate the waters and the uncertain arenas that you have to embark upon in order to live your success in the e-commerce industry. That's what our merchants rely on us for. And that's why partnerships are so critical. Our merchants are very demanding. We're a Shopify Plus partner agency where merchants are doing hundreds of millions of dollars a year aggregately. And if we're emailing support at xyz.com to get answers or get challenges resolved, they could do that themselves, Chase. What do they need us for? We right. have relationships that go to the top of the food chain and all the major platforms, inclusive of Shopify and Recharge. And that's critical because we're able to get answers quick. We're able to overcome challenges efficiently. And that's really what merchants are looking for. And so what we like to say to our merchants oftentimes is that we invest in our partnerships because our partnerships become your partnerships. And that's really the value that we're trying to convey to them. Again, could have said it better myself. What does a modern agency look like then? I'm sure there's been tons and tons of changes between the 2016 when Rob and Oshin first walked in your office. I know there's a lot of talk now about retention marketing. Trying not to use the big buzzwords that everyone's been hearing over the time, but like, what what does a good agency look like the latter half of 2023 and, and most of 2024? Absolutely, that's a great question, Chase. Because I get asked that quite a bit from other agencies that have kind of seen Roswell grow over the course of the last seven years. Originally, when we came onto the scene, we were looked at as the new kid on the block, the runt of the litter and whatnot. I like to think that the ugly duck became the swan, so to speak. <laughs> We invested in ourselves. We, we let everybody know at Roswell, whatever you want to learn about, whatever you want to become an expert at, do it. Let us know what the cost is. We'll invest in you because investing in you is investing in Roswell. Over the course of time, Roswell has grown as an agency, as I mentioned, to becoming a 40-person agency with 70 merchants on our roster. But that wasn't without its challenges in terms of the growth that we needed to come by. I remember earlier on, thinking to myself, what development shops are a dime a dozen, a dime a thousand, if you will? What's going to make Roswell special? How are we going to stand out there? I saw the emergence of the e-commerce ecosystem specifically as promoted by Shopify. Shopify made their claim to fame by stating that they were going to democratize the access to e-commerce. feel the same way about Recharge democratizing the access to retention marketing in terms of subscription, bundling, membership programs, Clavio with ESPN, and so on and so forth. And Roswell was the same. And, and I, I said to myself, how are we going to be able to really stand out in the crowd as an agency? And I think we've created a model that can really work for agencies, the one-stop shop model. I've said earlier, 
our motto is that we're in the business of building businesses. If all you can provide a merchant is UI UX strategy or separately, just engineering and development, where is the, the knowledge that comes into play there? If you have the UI UX strategy, but you don't have the ability to execute, you can't really provide the value that you want to the merchant. You know, the saying goes, jack of all trades, master of none. We never want to be that, but we need to be master of all trades, if you will, as we continue on this path. And that's something that I've really focused on at Roswell in terms of building it. We became one of the preeminent development shops within the e-commerce space, within the Shopify e-commerce ecosystem. Never met a square peg that we can't fit into a round hole. We are constantly looking at the innovation that is happening in our industry, be it AI, be it functionality of the way users are interacting with sites, i.e. headless commerce and things of that nature, embracing Web3, not being afraid of it. And that's something that I've really been a proponent of at Roswell. And and we were doing, for example, online story 2.0 builds before Shopify made it a best practice. We were doing complex integrations with Recharge using just their API. I remember we created the very first subscription dashboard that solely used the Recharge's API. And then six months later, they came out with Novum and we were like, come on, man. Why didn't you come out this six months earlier? What is I remember that. I remember that whole process. Yeah. <laughs> Really, but you guys are, are listening to the market. You have your ears to the street, which is something that Roswell does. And another need we realized was that we needed to develop a profound design division, a creative division, not just UI UX design, email design, which is entirely separate, understanding branding and logos. We do this exercise called brand abduction from the Roswell name, where we want to take a deep dive into understanding what motivates the merchant's users. What does the brand stand for? What are your competitors doing that you're not doing? What are you doing that your competitors aren't doing? Really understanding who your ICP is and how to craft the messaging from a brand standpoint so that you could talk to them. And then finally, the reason we're here today, retention. I saw earlier on in 2018 that retention was not an afterthought. It was a forethought, in my opinion. At the time, everybody was focused on top of funnel marketing. iOS 14 kind of blitzed the industry from blindly, if you will, and merchants were scrambling. I mean, they, they, the row asses were tanking across the board, but the merchants that had a retention marketing strategy in place were not only able to survive, but they were able to thrive. And we, we realized when putting data to it and understanding why, it's because returning customers or returning users, rather, returning customers is two different things. It's important to note that returning users converted double the rate of the overall conversion rate on site. So understanding that, I said to myself, lifetime value is the real KPI that everybody needs to be focused on, not just conversion rate. If you have conversion rate from top of funnel strategies, it's a race to the bottom. If customers are coming to your site over and over again through that Facebook ad or Instagram ad or, or Google ad that you place on the site, but you're not capturing their email address, you're not capturing their mobile number, their on-site preferences, you're not encouraging them to get into a subscription play or bundle for increasing average order value, or on top of that, memberships. Memberships is huge now. Everybody knows the restoration warehouse model. Why can't that work for you? Of course it can. And understanding that, we really developed the retention marketing department at Roswell, which is now 35% of our business and growing. It's grown to a team of, of 12 headed up by our VP of retention marketing, Emily Roberts, who's fantastic. We essentially understood that retention marketing isn't just email. It's not just SMS. It's not just loyalty. It's not just subscriptions and memberships, reviews, customer service. Those are all spokes of a wheel, but the wheel is one. It's a holistic approach because ultimately 
when a customer comes to your site via social media, via affiliate marketing, or via, of course, paid ads, you want to make sure that you are providing them with an experience to help them come back. You want to understand what they're clicking on. Send them an email or SMS, either through automation or through outbound, that speaks to them, that understands that what they want, what they want to read, and when they want to read that, and when they want to act on it. Otherwise, you might as well put up a billboard in Times Square. You're going to get a ton of eyes, but not a lot of engagement. Moving forward, when it comes to LTV, I mean, everybody knows the formula. I mean, I've heard it in a number of different ways, but the formula I like to use typically, because it makes a lot of sense, is average order value multiplied by frequency of purchase, multiplied by the average lifespan of a customer on your site. That last part is pretty important because if you're working with a merchant that you know sells baby products, the lifespan of that customer is not going to be as long as somebody who is purchasing you know, clothing or jewelry or right. G brands and so totally. on. So you can understand that part too. But tweaking those levers, those knobs of average order value and frequency of purchase, that's entirely in your control. And that's what I tell merchants all the time is that strategies that increase average order value and frequency of purchase, i.e. bundling, i.e. getting them into a subscription, that makes sense to them. Giving them the options to choose a subscription that makes sense for their brand and their users, giving them the flexibility that they need, understanding that a subscription dashboard is only as powerful as the users that use it. If they can't you know, make adjustments to their subscription, churn will go up. And churn is exactly the thing you need to prevent. Cancellation flows, integrations with Clavio to be able to send messages, whether it's through recharge for the subscription or retention elements that I just mentioned, or even somebody leaves a crap review. You know, a crap review isn't always the end of the world. A crap review just means you're real. And if you address it head on, customers will understand that your brand is speaking from the heart. You don't get everything right all the time, but if you endeavor to make sure you make it right, that goes a long way with customers. It's almost an opportunity. You need a bad review here and there to show that you can hop in and make the wrongs right. That it, yeah. you know, this isn't our brand. This is what we do all the time, but occasionally this stuff happens. Here's what we're going to do to fix it. And you know, from the marketing side, you can publicize that and market that and show 99% of the time we're golden. This 1% it didn't work out, but here's what we do to fix this. Exactly. And I think you hit the nail on the head there is sometimes understanding what you don't do right is equally important as what you do do right. 100%. If you do everything right, you're in the wrong business because merchants have told me in the past when I've had conversations with them, I think we're good after the launch. You know, We're just going to ride it out for another two, three years and we'll come back to when we're ready for a redesign. And I, I, I say to myself, okay, well, when you build a house, you don't do anything with that house for two to three years. If you build a store, you're just going to let it sit there as it stands and not right. learn from customers, understand merchandising, understand product placement, understanding all of the different elements that you need to do to make sure that your customers feel at home just as they would in their own home in your store. And that's what merchants really need to understand is that your brand, your site, your store is an evolving, living being. And if you ignore it, you know exactly what happens when you ignore something that is true to you. Is It's going to slowly become something archaic, fall by the wayside, and it's not going to do what you intended it to in the first place. Not to mention if a brand is telling you that everything they do is great and excellent and all that, they're just lying to themselves because there's no way that every brand does everything awesome in the first place. So I would say, let, let's go back. You put a ton in there. This is awesome. I'm so excited to hear you sure. talking about all these things. I'm passionate about everything you're talking about, so I'm just letting you run with it. It's great. Let's go back to a couple things, though. You mentioned LTV. You gave us the formula for LTV, which is spot on. I think there's a bunch of different ways that you can add in things there and make it more complicated, but essentially you're right. Talk me through the difference in subscription models, if you will. So I know that like everybody says subscriptions, it's this great thing where you just get customers to come back. 
Talk me through kind of the difference. You brought up memberships, you brought up loyalty, you brought up just kind of a subscribe and save. And then through that, talk about how subscriptions kind of lead naturally towards retention. Coming from us, coming from the recharge side, a lot of it just sounds like posturing because, you know, that's what our business sells. Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, I want to say something, and I'm not trying to correct you, but it recharge doesn't sell anything. They provide value to the market. And that's the most important thing I learned from a mentor in, in sales, if you will, is that you're not selling a product, you're presenting value. And Recharge does that incredibly well. From its inception, when we started working with them, of course, it was a subscribe and save platform, but they knew that wasn't the be it and all of it. Subscription starts there, of course. I mean, that's on a basic level. You know, you come to the site, you're selling barbecue sauce. You're selling one of our biggest brands is Botchins barbecue sauce. You brought them over from Squarespace over to Shopify. And now they're selling at Walmart and Kroger's and everywhere, you know, and so on and so forth. And I have two bottles in my fridge. It's fantastic. It's amazing. It's yeah. awesome. It, 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 their motto is so good you can drink it. <laughs> I, I almost do sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and so we work with them on, on several strategies along with our other brands to help them understand that. Subscribe and save initially, boom, easy peasy. You just let them know, okay, save 10%, get it every month. But hey, you know what? Starting to see 50% of our customers churn because you know what? And then you put in an A-B test of giving them one month, two month, three month. Wow, churn has, has dropped to 15% even better. And learning and understanding from your customers and evolving the platform, people often forget. It's not just subscribe and save, but customers want to come back and be able to administrate their subscription. If they can't, they're going to go look elsewhere. I mean, Amazon is the world's largest vending machine. I use this metaphor a lot. They will beat you every single time when it comes to variety, pricing, and delivery, right? If you don't have an offering that makes sense, that is compelling to them, they will beat you every single time. Bringing it back to your question in terms of subscription journey, well, it starts again with subscribe and save, but then it moves on to being able to provide customers with a profound ability to administrate their subscription with the advent of the affinity theme with Recharge, for example. Now, the model I love that you guys are moving towards is understanding that customers are going to have multiple subscriptions. And oh, yeah. you're not focused anymore on the subscription. You're focused on the next order. And that's really important to understand that customers, I have, I can't even remember how many subscriptions. I mean, that's a good thing for you guys. And <laughs> I have countless ones with the same brand sometimes. And for me, I'm more concerned about what's coming next. I need to know, am I going to be home for it? Or do I need to push it back to fit into my other subscription and so on and so forth? So with the affinity theme, what I love what you guys are doing is that you're focusing on the order as the key element, not the subscription. I think that's the natural evolution that you guys have accomplished. Bundling, I mean, that was a game changer when you guys acquired Rebundle, and now it's become a core functionality of, of the Recharge platform. I mean, essentially, if you're in the CBG space, especially, that's where I think it really knocks it out of the park. Understanding that you could sell a lot more, again, increasing AOV if you're offering customers the ability to put flavors together of different things that like, let them let their imagination run wild. Right? Don't put obstacles in, in their way. Don't make them choose seven different subscriptions. Give them the opportunity to put seven products in one bundle and give them 10% right. all together, even better. And that's really what we love about that with a few of the brands that we work with, Natiera.com, one of them, and, and a few others that had CPG products that really needed to be bundled together for their business model. And Recharge made it very easy to do out of the box. Another thing we're really hot on right now is memberships. 
understanding that you know the restoration hardware model. I, I paid for that membership before when I bought a new place and I was lucky enough to do so because why not? Thirty percent off if you just you know pay that membership fee. Boom, done, and that makes a lot of sense. And now that is a enormous headache and liability for the accounting department, but they can deal with that. But what it is really an advantage for is the brand. The brand you have recurring income for just the value that you're placing, not to mention the fact that they're going to continue to buy. And understanding at its core, a membership is a subscription. It's a subscription to the value that the brand is providing. And so again, presenting the value, what Recharge does very well. Merchants need to do the same thing. You need to present the value. Why should I subscribe? Why should I adopt your membership? What are you doing that's different than I? Because I tell merchants this again, Tell them blue in the face. You may think that your product is unique. It is not. And they hate to hear that. And I totally agree. I love that. Yeah. And I, so I don't many people who are like, oh, I sold this most unique thing you've ever seen. Even with Bachans, and I love them more than anything, but it's barbecue. It's sauce. At the end of the day, everybody sells sauce. You walk down the grocery store aisle, there's an entire aisle of that stuff. Exactly. It's a unique product within that, but everybody sells that stuff. You have to find a way to differentiate even more than that. I mean, and that's exactly what merchants are slowly understanding is that their competitors are one click away. It's not like you're in the mall and you have to take a hundred yard walk to the next store that competes. No, it's literally one click away. And you have to understand from that mindset, are you prepared to deal with the market as that stands? And that's really, you know, rounding it out, especially with the integrations they have with, from a loyalty standpoint, with loyalty line, as well as the the other elements on the product roadmap that I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about, but I will, I'll let you lead if that's the case. But I really admire Recharge's commitment to the product roadmap and delivering on that because that goes a long way to our partnership. Because when I'm talking to merchants about Recharge and you have many competitors now, again, you might think just like merchants are, you might think your product is unique. It's not, but how do you differentiate it and become best in class? And ultimately from that standpoint, we are partners with Recharge because you made a commitment to the product roadmap and you keep it. And that's critical because when we're telling merchants that this is coming down the pipeline, this is coming on the pipeline, stay with Recharge, we're going to be doing this. You made a commitment to Unified Checkout, that came out. You made commitments to the bundling application, that came out. You made commitments to membership. It's evolving every day. I'm hearing something new about that. Really important. But that's really the evolution of the life cycle of subscription is understanding how to provide value, how to bring them back to the site on their own accord and keep them happy throughout the life cycle of their spend on your site. I want to go back to one other thing that you said earlier, and I'm I'm always hesitant to bring up the word recession because everyone hates talking about all this stuff and it's been so overblown at this point and it's just kind of fearful now, but I'm going to take a different angle with it. So we all have kind of like thought about this. You use the phrase race to the bottom. So mm-hmm. in the world of retention marketing, how do you avoid that race to the bottom? What do you tell your merchants? What do you suggest in terms of retention marketing to avoid that kind of race to see if you can get to the bottom first? Sure, absolutely. So as I was talking earlier about, if you don't diversify your marketing channels and you're just reliant on top of funnel paid digital, that is a race to the bottom because you're paying for the same eyes over and over again. Your profit margins will never increase because you're paying X amount of dollars for I'll put it in, in plain terms. If the t-shirt retails for $20 and you bring someone to the site for $10 and the cost of goods sold is seven, you're making $3 off of that. Imagine you could cut out that middleman of $10. That's the beauty of retention marketing is ultimately that extra $10 goes into your pocket. If and only if you're able to capture their information and retarget them. 
And that's the most important thing about retention marketing that merchants realize is that now you can't have retention marketing without top of funnel. They're the yin and yang, right? right? You need customers to retain in the first place. Right. They both work together. Yeah. We tell our merchants we want them to target anywhere from 25 to 35 percent. 25 at a minimum, 35 percent, not at a maximum, but anything more, you probably don't have enough top of funnel traffic coming your way. But 25 to 35% of returning customers converting at double the conversion rate of the overall conversion rate of your site. That's really where you're going to have a healthy business and you're along. It's no longer a race to the bottom because that means 35% of your, your user base, your customer base has developed a relationship with you. Just like we have a relationship, Chase, you and I, Nihar and Chase, Roswell and, and Recharge, you need to develop a relationship one on one with the users. And that comes from retention marketing. Because ultimately, the reason they come back is because they trust the brand. And that's what retention marketing is about. Trust. Product's going to come on time. It's going to be packaged well. It's going to taste good. It's going to feel good. It's going to wear well. And so on and so forth. You need to be able to build that trust battery with your users so that they will come back. And on top of that, be your evangelist throughout the industry. Nothing works better than a friend telling a friend to go check out that brand. Just to plug the recharge stuff really quickly, it's it's why we do things like ChargeX, which is just hosted in DC. We're in San Diego next year. It's a merchant event. It's it's not just targeting new brands all the time and trying to get everyone to come hang out. It's like, hey, you guys are our top brands. Come check out what we're doing. Check out what we're what we're working on here. We'll unveil the roadmap. We'll talk to you one to one and keep building that relationship. That's essentially our version of retention marketing. Yes, one hundred percent. You guys do a great job of it. I mean, I've been there at I think. Most all of them, except for one, I think I, I couldn't make it that initial year, but I've been to all of them. And it's just a healthy mix of brands and agencies and, and recharge staff members. And everybody's getting together for a, the common good and the common cause of understanding how can we all build our businesses better? And, and the, the conversation yeah. relationships I've made there have been, you know, some that have, I think will last a lifetime. Glad to hear it. I'm going to cut that audio and use that for our promotion for next year. So be ready for that to see on social media. Sounds good. As we move into our closing section here, I want to go to a couple rapid fire questions. We have kind of three trends and three projections that we were talking about before this. So I want to give you about 30 seconds to a minute on each of these and just kind of give me your thoughts on where we're trending, what we're looking at. First topic, headless commerce. Where do you think we are now? Where do you think that's going in the near future? Headless commerce will be the norm, not the exception in about a year, year and a half. Shopify Hydrogen Headless Commerce's setup has basically leveled the playing field in terms of making it accessible to agencies and merchants that are willing to take the plunge. Again, don't be afraid of headless architecture or Web3 or the frontiers of technology. You have to embrace it. Headless is the future. And I say it for three reasons. Number one, those that go headless first are going to increase market share purely by the velocity of the site. For every second of load time that you decrease, you increase conversion by 2%. You know, you you decrease load time by seven seconds. You do 1.02 to the seventh power, multiply that by your conversion rate. That's what it's going to be. That's Sex, a wild step. It is. And it's true. We've seen it happen on, on many of the merchants we're working with. Number I believe two, it. Yeah. Number two, those that don't go headless are going to be perceived as being slower. Even though you're, you might be optimized for speed, but if you're not as fast as those headless competitors, you're going to be perceived as being slower and market share is going to be taken away from you. And then thirdly, those that go headless, it's a snowball effect. That momentum of that downhill is just going to increase that snowball larger and larger and larger. And those that go headless first are, are really going to be the ones that stand the test of time in their industry vertical. Love it. Moving on, give me your thoughts on Web3. 
Web3. Web3 is a buzzword oftentimes, but I do go through a lot of Web3 webinars and in-person events because it really is the future. It's the decentralization of the internet, basically giving users the ability to own their own data and their own privacy and, and provide access to it on their own terms. It's you know very vague and to say that limited on time, but utilizing and leveraging digital products to be able to maintain ownership as well as anonymity. For example, I believe I read somewhere or at a conference I was listening that the state of California is issuing car registrations as NFTs. You know, when people think NFTs, they think those ridiculous $100,000 gifts that you buy online. That's not what an NFT is. An NFT is a digital receipt for all intents and purposes. It's basically saying that you own this, it's in the blockchain, no one can deny it. And when you need to transfer it, it's valued and you can transfer it so much more easily. Why do you have to go through a, a deed transfer of sorts, you know, when it could be more easily leveraged in, in Web3? And that's really what you're going to see in the future is, is that not just businesses and tech companies embracing Web3, but governments and businesses at large embracing that because the concepts are not foreign. It's just the way that they've been presented seem far-fetched, but rooted in reality. And you just need to wrap your head around that, understand the foundational elements of Web3 and why it's going to be important for us to implement every aspect of life. Final topic to throw at you, and I'm sure the one that everyone's talking about nowadays, AI, ChatGPT. Yeah, AI, ChatGPT. I look at that, like, no one stopped learning math when calculators come out, right? Ultimately, if you don't know what the number two and the number four is, and you don't know what a multiplication sign, eight is not going to mean anything to you. You need to look at AI and ChatGPT as another form of a calculator. Whatever you put in, you have to understand what you're asking it to do, and you have to understand what are the actual results by what is produced. You want to use it to create efficiencies and optimizations in your work, just like you use a calculator. I know how to do 724 times 16, but I'm not going to take the time to, to actually do that longhand. That's what a calculator is for, right? But I know how to do it, and that's important. Just like that with ChatGPT and AI, you need to understand the input so you can actually leverage the outputs. That's a really good way to phrase that. I've never heard anyone talk about AI that direction. You still need to understand how to do the base level stuff. It just speeds everything up and helps everything work a little faster. 100%. Final closing question for you. We have a new tradition on this podcast starting this season that I actually stole from one of my podcast idols, Stephen Bartlett, who hosts Diary of a CEO. So we're doing the previous guest will write a question for the next guest. And they don't know who the guest is. They don't know what the topic's about. It's just a question we're kind of chaining throughout the whole series. So question that was written for you is, what is one thing in your life you need to stop doing and one thing you need to start doing? One thing in my life I need to stop doing right now is trying to do everything correctly. It's never going to happen. I guess it's the entrepreneur's curse is just wanting to get your hands into everything and be involved built a tremendous team at Roswell now where you know I have senior leadership in place that are, in my opinion, the best of the best and are really leading the charge. And letting go is one thing I need to do, but it is the hardest thing to do, especially when it's something that you've been intimately involved with in creating for a better part of a decade. One thing I need to start doing now is understanding that life really is short and I need to invest not just in my professional life in Roswell, but also in going out there and, and doing things you know that are meaningful to myself on a personal level. Somewhere down the entrepreneurial route, you forget that sometimes, and I hear that from a lot of other entrepreneurs. Forget about what actually makes you tick personally and what makes you happy and 
you know, when, when I was in the music business, a lot of that did make me happy. I mean, I'm, I'm very passionate about that industry. And, uh, you know, diving deep into another industry and becoming as passionate as I was, as I am about e-commerce, you got to remember the things that actually make you happy on a personal level. And that's something I, I want to start doing more of now too. Nihar, I've been excited for this conversation for a long time. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it today. Chase, thank you for having me anytime. Appreciate it. And uh, to the next guest, wait for my questions. Looking forward to it. Thank you. We'd like to thank Nihar once again for joining us. If you're interested in Roswell, you can head over to roswellstudios.com. Thank you.